0: Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Persuasion by the Pint I'm Jonathan Taylor, along with Sean McCool Sean, today it's Friday, man What is
1: that? (laughs) That's the background music, man (laughs) Nice! I was like, did I hit something on the soundboard? Very cool Friday afternoon, ready to go I love it so we'll just keep it down in the background a little bit while we talk about what we're going to talk about. Um, so we've got today, you went to a trade show this week. Yes. And we're going to be talking about some lessons from trade shows, good and bad.
0: Some lessons, some good takeaway lessons that uh, trade shows, people that design their booth at trade shows could use. And these are tech companies that spend fortunes on their booths every year, probably multiple, I mean, in fact, multiple times a year. I mean, we're in the trade show season, but they spend a fortune
1: and it's Finally, after two years without it, yeah. three years without <laughs> it. So I'm yeah, sure right. people are like itching to get back out there, Yep, but nobody's changed. Nobody thought about what they were doing over the three years. They had to think about it. Nope. That's for sure. Exactly. From what you, what you were saying. And I used to actually be in the trade show business uh, when we lived up in Dallas back in early 2000s. Mm-hmm. So it's um, even back then it's just yeah, it's crazy. The technology is not kept up. Nope. I mean their marketing is 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 all the same. So it's you know yeah. handy. So we're gonna talk about brochures. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that. Um well, we think they could probably be doing better. And then you also did a um, very special mailer this week yes, absolutely. that we're gonna talk about and they reminded me of some stuff I've done in the past. So I've pulled a couple samples. It's kind of in the lumpy mail category, which, you know, we've covered from time to time here, but it's always a good reminder. Yeah. You know, just some of the old school stuff that is still out there and still working. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm excited to hear if you've gotten any more feedback from that. We can find out. Yeah. I've
0: moved a couple of levels since this letter, this tailored sales letter. It's nothing original. I actually pulled it from Chad Holmes' book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. Nice. And uh, so there's some really good lessons in that. One of the best sales books ever probably would be in my, uh, definitely my top five in terms of uh, sales books all all time. And it's actually an oldie, but it's a goodie.
1: It's probably... Yeah. probably 12, 13 years old, but it's, it's, yeah, it's still, one of those sales books that it wasn't all tactic based really. Yeah. It was more principles based and mm-hmm. good examples. Yeah. You know, it's not a Tom Hopkins book. no. Nope.
0: So, but I pulled two, or, I pulled a headline and a sub headline. Those are two things I pulled from the book. I wrote the rest of the letter myself. It got very some very enormous, nice. uh, it got some really good attention. Um, use the FedEx strategy and I'll get into that. Did a little lumpy, uh, you know, a lumpy mail there. And I'll show yeah. you what I included in that package. Yeah.
1: Before we go there, let's talk about what we got to drink
0: today. Yes. So you played some stuff. Let's see if I can, uh, I can cue
1: up some music here. A little Jimmy Buffett. Yeah, I don't know. If, I'll do more than eight it's seconds so we don't five, get fined. There we go. Yeah, let's see. Eight second, we better cue that out. Yeah, <laughs> YouTube
0: will kick us off the channel for sure. No, but it's uh, yeah, we've got some good. I I don't know about you. I've got I've got a pretty good one today, but I'm excited.
1: I am terrified for mine today. So yep. it's it's been in the fridge for a little while, and it's um, well, I'll just go ahead and say it. It's it's one of my favorite brewers, but it's it's a it's a it's it's an IPA. uh oh. So it's called Juice Pack. It's a double sounds- dry hopped pale ale. Uh huh. I think you had a juice pack. Yeah, I did recently. Yeah. A juicy type yep. thing. So this is five and a half percent alcohol, but out of five rating, it's got a five on fruit, a five on citrus, a two on floral, um, on the hop profile. So, and it's only 30 IBUs though. So it's not like crazy high. So I guess that's a double dry hopped. Maybe pulls some of that out. I'm hoping. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, it's a Tufts Brewery Juice Pack. This is a grown-up's juice pack. And it's <laughs> definitely got the, the hazy going on. Oh, yes. Here. Yes. Yeah. Super hazy, juicy IPA. So what do you have on your end?
0: Well, I have a, um, I've got a, a favorite of mine, a Dragon's Milk. But this is a, um, this is a new, well, I don't know if it's new, but it's one that I've not found before. It's uh, founded it at the Publix yesterday. Uh, on my way home from North Carolina, I stopped at public so just picking up a few things and uh, just walked down the uh, down the beer aisle and found this beauty. It is a dragon 's milk Solera. so this is their um this is their aged ale that uh, okay. that they have so you know we've had the dragon's nice. milk the um, the stouts on here before yeah, but i don 't think we've ever had this one it is a ten um, percent a b v uh fodder aged ale fodder aged ale through the ages dragon's milk has been a term used to describe a liquid worthy of celebration a reward at the end of the journey dragon's milk solera is representative of both the journey and the reward and how both nice. can evolve into something unexpected along the way very nice yeah so, Quest like. <laughs> All right. Aged in a series of American oak uh, fodder. Do you know what a, f- a fodder is? A f- is it, I don't no. even know if I'm pronouncing that right. Fetter? It's F O E D E R. Oak fetters. I, I assume that's some type is that of fetter.
1: No, fetter? I don't know. Using fetter, right
0: a uh, blending technique known as Solera with uh, nuanced flavors of caramel, toffee, and fig, and, fig,
1: and fig to create an experience nice. made to be savored. So you went on a quest to Charlotte. he came back with some dragon's <laughs> milk. I like it. That's right. Let's see what this cool. bad boy looks like here. All right. It's
0: kind of a darker ale, you know. It's yeah. got a little red. It's hard to yeah, see, see with it. the uh, in the camera, but it's it's pretty red.
1: Kind of a reddish brown mm-hmm dark ale. yeah. Yep. All right. well, cheers it up. Cheers. Oh man. All right. I'm actually... Not too bad. Man, that is so good. This is very summery. Like, I think I could I could handle this this time of year. Um, we were out at a brewery yesterday. Some people here in Austin got together, went to a brewery, and they had mostly IPAs, but, uh, you know, it was 95 or 7 yesterday. Mm-hmm. But, so this... This is actually good. It's definitely got a, a fruitier taste. The fruit comes through better than the citrus. Thank goodness. Um, but you do get a little citrus on the back end, but the fruit does come through and it's, it's got a, it's nice. I actually like it. So hmm. yeah. So fruit and citrus both come through and then the floral is, is not, I don't really taste the floral that much. It's perfect because that's yeah. usually what we don't like about the IPAs. <clears throat> yep. So, um, Actually, this this is not bad, not bad at all. I'm surprised. Mm. So, what do you give it? I'm gonna give it. Um, I'm gonna give it a three seven five, which for an IPA on this show is wow. That's solid. pretty. Yeah, that's pretty good. It's
0: really good. <clears throat> that's probably one of the better grades for an IPA ever.
1: Yeah, and it here. does have that dry finish. I guess mm-hmm. that's why it's a double dry. So I have yeah. to maybe look for more of those mm-hmm. as we go into summer double dry hopped pale ale. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause it does have a clean finish. It doesn't have that aftertaste that a lot of the IPAs have. Yeah. So I like it. Uh, you said it was good. So where
0: are you? Yeah, this on one score? is, uh, this might, this might lose some points and on my, uh, just it's all my fault. Cause I got the, I put the, the, uh, the six pack in a little late. And so Uh-oh. it's not completely as cold as I would like it. It's kind of that, um, it's cool, but not cold. And uh,
1: so it may lose I mean, a few points in my... Yeah, because the ale, it probably needs to be a little colder than a stout does. even. Yeah, definitely. You know, stout could be like 50 degrees, but anything else... Is I, be think if this
0: were, uh, I think if this were um, about 10 degrees cooler, I would probably give it a 4... I would probably give it a 4.8, but right. because it's not... You need to keep
1: a couple of ice glasses in there.
0: Yeah, that's true. I I needed some frosty glasses. I think I'll give it a, uh, I'm going to give it a four. I'm going to give it a four, four. So. All right. Still a good, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty solid. solid. Um, Maybe I'll review it again at a later date. I'll keep one in the fridge and come back and see. So, but right now I'll give it a four, four.
1: We'll see if they last. (laughs) We may never hear of that beer again. It'll be gone. <laughs> probably not. Probably not. So. so um,
0: all right. <laughs> so let's get into some good stuff. So we're going to talk about, uh, as we mentioned, you want to start with the, um, kind of the the, uh, the sales letter. And I can't yeah, read so you that. verbatim because obviously uh, there's a lot of stuff on here that I can't release. But yeah. I can release the, the uh, I can read the headline and the sub-headline. And I pulled
1: this right well, out of... <laughs> That's eighty percent of the result, right?
0: That, that's the biggest thing. And there's some there's some nuggets that I threw in there in the sales letter. Um, and I'll give you I'll give you a few examples of what I used. But this was a um, this is a large uh, you know prospect that I've been working on for the last six months um, through uh, some meetings, follow up, direct mail from time to time. But then I got the idea from Chad Holmes' Ultimate Sales Machine. On the uh, the FedEx package, uh, where he yeah. uses the the Rubik's cube, <laughs> and so you can pick one of these up. Um, you can pick one of these
1: up. The classic, you know, everybody knows about. So this. that's the, like the that's the real deal. It's not like a knockoff Rubik's cube. That's no, it's deal. the real Full deal. Full size. Yep. And he talks about getting some of these
0: in the book. He talks about getting some of these, like from China, you can get several of them. And those are more for like mass mailings for what I do. I like to use the original because, you know, I'm not sending out, you know, thousands of these letters. I'm trying to really hone in. It's like sniper, you know, I'm not, I'm I'm not using the shotgun approach. I'm using the sniper fire approach where I'm like laser focused on one.
1: So can you reveal about how many people just to give people an idea, how many people you sent out to?
0: Um, Yeah. So for, you know, in terms of companies, it's zeroing in on, on, you know, a handful of companies that I send these out to, but these are, uh, you know, these are
1: 25. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: These are, this is less than 25. So
1: yeah. I just want people to have kind of a perspective like this is because, you know, by the time you pay for the Ruby's cube and the FedEx and this and that, you know, it,
0: you know, you yeah, can, I mean, you're, you're going to spend, out the door
1: you're gonna spend about a hundred bucks, you know, and yeah. that's some of that's just from the FedEx
0: expense, Yeah, um, you know, that you're, you're, but I mean, if you're looking at a half a million dollar, yeah, you know, piece account. of business that um, you're looking at
1: landing, it's a small price to pay for. You well, know, what's crazy is like, I've got a client right now that we're working on. We're doing like a video series that people opt into mm-hmm. and it's costing us. Because of the niche they're in, it's costing us twenty three to twenty five dollars per email. Mm, yeah, just to get an email. Right. So as as online ad expenses continue to rise, mm-hmm. stuff like what you're doing here and we're showing here actually is getting more and more right in line with Absolutely. anything else you'd be doing. Yep, because you're going, you know, you're going to get to the right guy. Oh, no doubt. Because I've tar- right. not
0: only do I know who the person is. But yeah. I also am FedExing it where they have to sign for it. So I know that it's been signed for to deliver. And the and gatekeeper yeah, the gatekeeper's typically
1: <laughs> open the FedEx packages. No, so.
0: no, they're not going to do that. And they're yeah. going to make sure it gets to them. Anything that comes to FedEx, people are just going to make sure it gets to that person. They're not going to throw it in the trash. Especially it's on their chair when they come back into the office, <laughs> <laughs> not on the desk. Yeah, no, exactly. It's be in the chair. So, yeah, and it's in a box, too. So you got to get something. Obviously, I took this to um, FedEx and they slide it in along with the letter and some other, um, you know, some other pieces in there that I included. But let me read you. Uh, right off the top, my, my headline for this, it says, All right. and this is straight from, I, you know, I'm, i I got to give credit where credit's due. This is Chet Holmes stuff right out of the ultimate sales machine. I recommend if you don't have the book, get it. It's worth every penny and worth your time and reading it this weekend. Um, It says this Rubik's cube has more than 4 billion possible combinations. Fortunately, there are only three that you need to worry about when it comes to deciding on a reliable uh, supplier. Right. So that was my uh, sub headline is fortunately, there are only three that you need to worry about when it comes to deciding on a reliable supplier. So after that is when I address the letter. I uh, hope this finds you doing well. I know this Ruby's Cube seems like a silly comparison when it comes to uh, manufacturing, uh, but maybe it does help to make a point. I believe there are three combinations that help uh, uh, us stand out as the top supplier in the industry. And then I go on to list three major and I put together, and, and I didn't just, I just just throw these three combinations out. These are carefully uh you know, researched from, you know, just honest conversations with other clients that do business to get them from their own words to say, okay, what's the biggest reasons that you chose to work with us? Right. And, yep. uh, and, you know, they tell you, and so I included a lot of that in, uh, in this letter. This is what, um, you know, these are, these are the things that some of our current cl- customers tell us. And so I go into some of that and, you know, highlight each one. One of them's obviously cost savings. One of them's reliability. The other is, and I've highlighted this in a, on previous podcast episodes, is peace of mind. Peace of mind is like really big for the people that I am targeting because they're typically the uh, manufacturing, the engineers, the people that are responsible um, yeah. for making sure the product gets made. And so peace of mind to them is knowing that they can rely on, uh, you know, their tanks, the tanks of material always being full, their tanks, um, you know, not having to run out of material, making sure their process runs smoothly. And I get into,
1: well, you sent, you sent me the sales letter yeah. and there's one piece in there that I don't know if you can talk about it, but it, you, it was when you were, you, you said in the letter, you sit down and First thing you do in the morning oh, yeah, yeah, with your coffee. Yeah. yeah. So this that is, was actually my favorite line <laughs> in the entire letter.
0: That's uh so I shared this with our buddy David, uh, you know, David Dutton, and he said that was his favorite too. So Yeah. Um, like that's that's really good. So yeah, I will share that. I'll read this because this this goes to the personal aspect of the letter and and it falls into that peace of mind. So I say yeah. in the letter I say, Lastly, I wanna mention after covering the first two points, the peace of mind is the biggest one, by the way. And so I say, lastly, I want to mention one last important factor. um, Many of our clients tell us is the reason they do business, peace of mind. We provide peace of mind to our customers to, through the technology we provide, it allows us, it allows not only our customers to keep track of their volumes, their uh, material volumes, but also allows us to check them regularly for our clients to make sure they never come close to running out of material that they need in
1: their manufacturing process. And then I say, that's that's cool right there. Like, that's like, okay, you know, (laughs) sounds like something makes sense. But then this next line, then this next one,
0: it says, I personally check. I personally check the tank levels of every one of our customers. It's the first thing I do after grabbing my cup of coffee at 6am in the morning, I open my laptop I check the tank level, uh, the tank data web portal, and look at the uh, material levels of my customers. My goal is to never let their tanks get below twenty percent. Now that's a huge deal because uh, twenty percent is like a, it's like an alarm. It's an alarming level. Once you get below twenty percent in a, in this uh, in these tanks in their process it's way too low, you know, it's crucial. It's like, uh, yeah, that's when the so, flashy lights start going off. Right. <laughs> right, <laughs> And some of them, you know, you would be amazed. A lot of these don't use technology. A lot of these manufacturers still use manual, uh, people just checking their levels, you know, going by yeah. f- through site alone. you be, I mean, it's crazy. They have like robots in their manufacturing facility, moving, uh, tiles and things like that. You know, you know, the products that they're making there, I mean, it's, almost no people in the plant. They have all this technology moving stuff around, but yet they don't and then have. Fred te- just. And Fred yeah. And then a guy the just sight glass. <laughs> walking over to the, yeah, walking over to the sight glass, just making sure the tank is, is still full. I mean, it's the and craziest Fred's thing sick, you've ever heard. And Fred's got a dental appointment that morning. <laughs> so, so yeah. And I say my clients appreciate this because it gives them peace of mind knowing that I never let them come close to running out of the material they need for their manufacturing process. So, and there's a technical term. I I just say material. Is there technical, technical term, but no one
1: knows, no one would know what it is because it's really, it's a, it's a, that, that line just that shows like the personal daily. Cause as I was reading that, I was like, Oh, that's cool. They check it on a regular basis. Then it's like, I check it every morning. I was like, what? How does he do that? Yeah. And it's really the easiest thing in the world. You know, it takes me all of like two minutes. (laughs) But it hooked when he's, when you said like, I personally check every morning. I was like, how's he doing that? And then you get into the technology. It's like, oh, that makes sense. That's cool.
0: I literally, and that's what I do every morning. I literally open my laptop in the morning. uh, When I start, I grab my coffee. First thing I'm, 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 uh, you know, I don't even, I'm not even checking emails. I log in. Check the tank. It takes me all of like a minute and a half where I just open yeah. up this, I open up this website, I log in and I just look, boom, boom, boom. It gives me data right there for all of these. And if everything looks good, it looks good. You know, if any, anything yeah. looks alarmingly low, then I just double check to make sure they have an order on the way, which typically they do but yeah. it gives them peace of mind. And, and I've had clients tell me, you know, this is, it's really cool that you guys check it. Cause we have people that forget sometimes, you know, even our operators that we pay, you know, <laughs> a lot of money to do something. I just, I yeah. mean, there's their whole responsibility. They check out or they finish or they, they're not there. Like you said, dental appointment or something happens and yeah. they don't do it. Um, but they have that backup knowing that there's a company out there and, and, or two-week uh, vacation or and a new guy or the yep.
1: stand-in. Exactly, It's not a part of his routine. Right. And, yep. you, you know, we've talked about this before. When you're dealing with these types of companies, losing an hour is worth tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars sometimes. Yep. Like yep. even an hour, absolutely. much less a half a day or a day. Like that's, it's just very, yep. very costly. Yep. So. That's really cool. So that
0: was, um, so that created immediately. So this was sent just to give you an example of the effectiveness. I sent this out last, it was last Wednesday. I mm -hmm. FedExed it overnight. Uh, you know, that's the key overnight delivery had a, you know, paid $5 extra to make sure I got a signature. Um, yep on that which you you need to do every time so you can make sure you'll get a little email notification the next day that say said this was received and you can even see who it was signed by and um and so you know who to call out you know it's like hey did you get my package no well (laughs) you know what mary signed for it (laughs) so i want to check that out (laughs) but no he received it because within uh so this was he they received it on thursday um, Monday I received an email requesting from this company. It wasn't from the person that I sent it to. It wasn't from the person that I sent it to. It was from their purchasing manager that said, all right, <laughs> send me, I've final. Been told send me, send me the final. Yeah. He was told the purchasing manager could care less, but obviously the purchasing manager, was contacted by the guy that i sent this to and said hey you need to get pricing from them so we can make this happen
1: so um yeah. so i said sent- that's i mean that's a lesson right there right just if you can send a level up not all mm-hmm. the time but like and then you get the re- recommendation from above right. to the guy that you normally sell to absolutely yeah i mean there can sometimes be some resentment in that mm-hmm. but more often than not it it's a no, so much easier sale to make. Absolutely. It's just
0: so much easier because this, if I had approached the purchasing person alone, uh, they wouldn't care. All they're looking at is they're looking at numbers, right? Yeah. But you get the attention of the guy that keeps track of, you know, so much, the the process, the manufacturing process and yeah. and what it costs for them to do business every day and what it costs for them if they don't have if they're shut down the numbers mm-hmm. see you know purchasing people don't care about that they they're just looking at the price but they're not looking at the numbers where if they run out of material they're shut down for you know six hours i mean that costs a lot more than you know yeah. you know the pennies or you know yeah. the few cents per pound that they're saving or whatever so it's it's much bigger so you got to sell on and, value that's the thing you say you always sell on value and we know this we you always sell on value not price but you sell on value to the right people and then they dictate to the people that, you know, that are responsible for purchasing, say, listen, you need to get the final price on this, make it happen. And uh, so I got that email, sent it over to them. And uh, we're in the process of moving, moving forward. So um, not finalized yet, but I I think all indications are that we're, you know, this is business that, uh, that it looks like I'll be, I'll be
1: winning. So that's cool. Well, let me give a, um, let me give a smaller scale example for people who may not be in industrial distribution yeah. right. or yeah. industrial sales, that type of stuff. Um, so as a freelancer, I went to a job fair one time for copywriting. This has been a while, but, mm-hmm. and I was looking for kind of the same thing. Everybody else was kind of bringing their little sample pack and, you know, some <laughs> right. paper clip together samples. Yep. Um, Cause this was like 2000, 10 or 12 so not everybody was had online portfolios and everything else yet mm-hmm. um so i got together like a really shiny envelope from like uline or one of those shipping places yeah. you know yep With one of the like a bright colored yep envelope stuck my samples in it and then i put a cover letter on it and then i put a pair of dice i oh, love that yep so this one those pack cool. was like has 10 dice. So that was five packets, mm-hmm. you know, just for probably 99 cents. Oh yeah. I got them. Easy. And, uh, and the headline, I don't remember exactly what the, but the headline was something like, why roll the dice on your next copywriter? <laughs> that's you perfect. Know? And it's just instantly yeah. it's sticks. Instantly. So, right. and this is something I think that's key. So when you follow back up, just like you did, mm-hmm. or, you know, you will with the rest of the people too. Yeah. When you mention the package, they know exactly who you are and which, which, you know, packages are talking about. Sure. Because you said, I'm the guy that sent you the dice in the packet and said, don't roll right. your dice there. Oh, so, yeah, that was yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. I remember you. Yeah, really. That was, that was fun. Thanks for, thanks for, oh, you know, yeah. thinking outside the box Absolutely. or being a little creative. We, right. we like that. Um, so, they remember that kind of stuff when you do Absolutely. it. Absolutely. and. So you can use that as a freelancer if you've got like a target. Again, go back to um, the ultimate sales machine. Yep. Kind of learn how to find your list and all that kind of stuff, and and you know how to identify your people. Yep. Um, all kinds of things like that out
0: there are, are are so cool. There's something about the Rubik's cube that I love, and and I picked like yeah. you can pick these up at. So I stopped at a Walgreens and picked picked a few up for like they're like. F- uh, 5 or $6 a piece. So that's a small yeah. price. I mean, very little money oh, yeah. that you can find. It won't die.
1: Rubik's Cube just won't die. It's been around No, it,
0: it won't. And here's the cool thing. It's sticky because, yeah. um, you know, it's not something people kind of toss away, but it's a puzzle. Right. So it keeps people kind of engaged and sticky. And every time he... You know, he plays around, or he hands that to uh, a grandkid, or whatever the yeah. guy, or a kid. You know, or you know, he's like, "Oh yeah, that's the uh, that's the Rubik's cube that I got from you know from Jonathan." So
1: it's yeah. And uh, what are the chances that thing's gonna be sitting on his <laughs> desk when you go visiting the next yeah, the yeah. first time? Like yeah. it'll be sitting on the corner of his desk. It, it sure not, will. Yeah. If not, so, like right there by his phone to fidget with. And see, the, this on one phone. right
0: here even has a little base that you stand. can set on. Yeah, nice. it's got a stand with Rubik's. This is the original Very cool.
1: that you can put on your desk. So it's got the little uh, platform for it. Nice. So in one other thing that I, I've used in the past is I've, I've just gotten some of these like while you were out. Yep. Things. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. And you just go ahead and fill it out. Almost like a lift note. Yep. And you stick it on top of your cover letter mm-hmm. and you just put your name and information and a quick message hey, you know, we weren't able to meet in person. So I thought I'd do the next best thing and, yeah. you know, send you whatever, something like that. It's a lot of different messages you could put, but just, just that's not as like attention grabbing as the dice or the Rubik's Cube, but it's just another no, but it, it does one extra attention. thing yeah. that, that sets you apart. It's, you know, a fluorescent piece of paper on top of the stack. Are there's um, like, so those are like stickies. You can just stick them to something. Yeah, they're like giant post-it notes, basically. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, cause you can find those, but I've not colors. seen the ones
0: that say while you were out. So yeah,
1: these, these are actually pretty standard at, um, that's cool. Most office supply stores. Okay. I mean, you know, a lot of people don't, I guess they probably not as, as, uh, common as they used to be since people get emails and mm-hmm. chats. Well, and I'll take really... those
0: not like that with the message, not while you're out, but I'll, I'll yeah. take some of those stickies and they look like mini uh, legal pads. You know yeah the sticky notes and i'll sometimes stick those and get a little flare pen and write a little message on a package that i may be sending out to you know sending out someone specifically hey you might want to check this out or just want to you know write it like
1: a little personal message across there but uh, this is one like, of the little places it is. that is kind of cool you can find uline.com is oh, yeah. a shipping supply and like mm-hmm. here's, they're called glamour mailers. Love those. <clears throat> and they come in shiny colors. Yep. Yeah.
0: That's, those um, are great. I used to get those. I remember back in the day we've talked about this. I used to get the, uh, I got on the um, one of Dan Kennedy's uh, gold members that I forgot the dental yeah. guy, uh, but I, I got on his list just to get his stuff. Cause it was so good. Uh, some of his direct mail pieces that I still have in my swipe file. Um, but his, he always used the shiny bubble envelopes just like
1: that. It was so good. Yep. Yeah. I mean, they, they stand out in a world of corporate-y yep. Mm-hmm. stuff. Yep. Um, you know, I'm trying to see if they still have those, those notes, but I don't. Yeah. Extreme post-it notes. Huh, that's cool. <laughs> Sticks to concrete, wood, brick and steel. Ah, Interesting. There you go probably used for that <laughs> somewhere. No, that's great. So, yeah. This is a great, uh,
0: website. Cause I, I'm always looking for those mailers. Sometimes I'll pick, I'll pick up some mailers at, uh, you know, yeah. the UPS store or FedEx office, but I love the shiny. I love the shiny. Yeah.
1: I have, so a friend of mine who lives there in, in Knoxville and he's, um, mm-hmm. for a long time he does, or he still does, I guess he helps. He's the guy that Forces your kids to come home and sell you stuff for school fundraisers. Um, Perfect. So, yeah, that guy. Um, but we started, he was having a hard time like getting in front of the superintendents and the principals and things like that. And we started, you know, years ago, probably eight or 10 years ago, he and I were working together to, and we used those kind of envelopes and started mm-hmm. doing some of this stuff we're talking yeah. about. Right. And, you know, he was able to get in front of people. And get remembered, but I think it's important to let people know they're listening. This this works best if you follow up with a phone call or Absolutely. an email or both. Like very much. Don't expect what happened to Jonathan to happen every time. Right. Where they're just going to email you all excited and ready to buy. Well, there's they're yeah, and just there's required some follow up. That's important too, because
0: I I left out an important piece. He you know they received it on this guy received it on Thursday apparently that was last Thursday. On Friday, I called and left a voicemail and just left him a message to say, just making sure you got the package I sent. And I just want to follow up with you on um, such and such proposal. So, so yeah, I mean, I didn't get, I didn't talk to him directly, but I got his voicemail and then I left him a message. And again, first thing Monday morning, I get the email from and you know that, the purchasing guy.
1: Hey. Yeah. <laughs> and that's congruent, right? Because if you yeah. send a package and then you follow up and then in your letter, it says, you know, we take care, we look out for these kind of things. That's all congruent because you're actually, Absolutely. you know, a lot of times people will make sales decisions based on how you do the sales process. Right. You know, if you, if you're dropping the ball in the sales process, you're not getting the sale. You know, if you don't try to follow up and get the sale. Right especially if the CEO or whoever came from a sales background, mm-hmm. they kind of yeah. want you to earn it. Yep. You know, yep. they want to see if you're going to follow up three or four times and, yep, and that kind of stuff. So um, it's all good. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's, uh, anything else on that? And then we'll shift to part two of the show.
0: No, I, I just, uh, I think it's so, I think people lose touch with, um, some of these things they get in the, um, they get in the process of doing what everyone else is doing. And so you got to break All the cycle. All them
1: fancy funnels and stuff. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All them online funnels. You got to go back to, you know, some of the traditional stuff and and be personal. Personalization works. Yeah. Um, it works every time. And the fact that, you know, you highlighted, it's interesting that you highlighted that line in the letter that I wrote because it, it was noticed by, you know, David. And I'm sure that that, that personal approach right there. Yeah, was one of the things that were, you know, key in that, it, you know, it was a key, you know, it was a key takeaway from, from them. It's like, Whoa, okay. I get that. Cause that tells me s- that I've got another set of eyes that, you know, give me some peace of mind that know, uh, you yeah. know, just to know that I've got somebody else looking out for me. So,
1: yeah, I think you could actually do a second letter, like a follow-up letter. Mm-hmm. With like a picture of you at the coffee, at the table with that's your laptop great. and this thing of coffee. That's good. Um, yep. This says, and that with a headline, this says something like just checked um, mm-hmm. my client's, uh, you know, um, tank levels. That's good. That's good. Everything's okay. That's good. Is your rep checking tank levels right. every morning? Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's good. Throw that, throw that little bit of doubt in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a personal picture of you, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that'd be really really strong. Yep. And it's reference back to the, you know, I sent you a Rubik's cube last week, blah, 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 blah. Yep. The basic three-step letter sequence. Absolutely. So that could be step two. Right. Yeah. Um, you could probably even find like a trinket that would make sense with that. I can't think right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe like a little pair of toy binoculars or something like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Kind of makes it look like you're, you know,
1: or a pair of readers Yep. <laughs> or something like that, you know, cheap pair of readers or <laughs> something like that.
0: Yeah, well, I've actually, uh, one of the things I've done is screenshot, you know, some of the, because I, I've got an app that I can pull these things up. It's not like, I mean, it's, it's crazy how you can tell the story and people love, you know, that's another thing. Like your clients love the fact, they love the feeling to know that you're working for them, you know, because they feel like, you know, that's, you know, that's just a good feeling to know that you're kind of overseeing. It's, it gives them some of that peace of mind and security, but it's really, sometimes it's just the fact that I've got an app and I'm pulling it up on my phone and just checking it for like 30 seconds and like, uh, eh, yeah. everything's good. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so that's, that's all there is to it. So in, and in some instances I've actually screenshot my phone, you know, obviously, you know, uh, wiped out the names of some of the, uh, some of the clients that are on there. Cause I don't want to, I don't want that up here, but yeah, just to give them an example of what that it, what it is, because yeah. a lot of this is technology they can use themselves, and they don't right. they don't have it available. So, um,
1: so yeah, it's uh, that's cool. Well, let's talk about your trip to <clears throat> Charlotte and yeah. go into a You know, is this your first trade show in, in a while, or have you been to a couple more? You've been to a couple more. Yeah, I, think, I was recently. I was.
0: Yeah, I was at one in Atlanta and uh, it was more of a networking it was an uh, an association networking event in oh, late, right. back in April. Yeah. And um so this is really the first you know major trade show I've been to of the year. And then yeah. we're starting to get into the trade show season, so from this point on through usually in, into the fall is when we see a lot of them. I think they kind of take a little hiatus during the busy months of the summer summer where everybody's on vacation. And then they kind of,
1: I think September, October, September,
0: October is crazy. So I'll be at, I'll be at a number of trade shows just in the month of September and October. Um, but you know, this one was the first big kickoff to one of the industries that I serve and it was in Charlotte, North Carolina, but you know, I, we talked about this. It was, it's, it's so interesting when you walk in to see, You know, this was at a, uh, you know, the Charlotte uh, Convention Center in downtown, you know, Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, You know, huge event. Um, You know, you look at the
1: money that's being spent on some of the booths and just the... Well, I can, I I just want to speak to that because if you're not from that world, you don't realize like what kind of numbers we're talking about. Yeah. So when I was in Dallas and from like 96 to 2003 about two or three of those years, I worked for a trade show company. Mm-hmm. Um, and even back then, so, I mean, this is, you know, 20 years ago. Um, you know, not counting the actual floor space, which can be, you know, yeah. probably five to $10,000 per 10 by 10 square mm-hmm. foot space. Right. You know, so for a hundred square feet, it's going to easily be five on a small show. Mm-hmm. could be 10, 20,000 for a, a bigger show. Yep. And some of these places get, you know, 10 by 20, 20 by 20, 20 by 30 booths, depending on their size and things like that. But these booths, like a, just a, you know, a background for the back of a 10 foot booth can easily run 10 to 15 to $20,000. Oh, easily. And some of the booths we were doing that were like these big custom built, I mean, they were half a million to million dollar booths. right? So these people are spending, And then they, you know, they staff the booth, so they got three or four people that are traveling Mm -hmm. there and eating there and staying in the hotel there and taking clients out and all this stuff. Um, You know, so they're dropping easy 50 to 100 grand on one of these shows. Easy, yeah. And that's that's an average to small size Mm -hmm. booth. Um, So if you take that and like, you think people would wanna get an ROI off that, (laughs) but what do you notice when you go to these shows? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they're not getting a return
0: on investment at all. Um, people walk by their booths. I mean, they're, you know, we've talked about this. They're doing the same thing that they've done for the last, you know, 40 years in trade shows where, yeah. you know, at, at the most, they may be scanning people's badges, you know, with QR codes, but even that most people don't even care for that. And I think they've even got lacks. Their, their, their representatives actually gotten lax on that. I I had, very few people when I'd walk up to booths, you know, asked to scan my the QR code on my you know on the badge that I had. You know, it's like so there's like handout. You know, they've got the handouts. You know the you know the the squeeze ball or the pins or the you know you know the USB you know drives or whatever. I mean, it's just it's really bad. It's yeah, you know. And I thought about you know I've been reading. I was reading this book, um, this week and it's, it's a book I've had, but it's called, I was telling you about it before the show, the secret sauce. Um, really actually a really good, it's an easy read, but it's called how to pack your messages with persuasive punch. You know, we've talked about in past episodes, just the design layout of an Ikea, uh, store that you walk into, right? you know, how Ikea gets you to buy stuff. <clears throat> well, in this book, he talks about the, the way that, you know, casinos design their layout and it's in such a way to make you never leave. And once they've got you in there, that you're going to be spending money, right? I mean, because what are the, what's the one thing you'd be surprised, you No, know, people, more money is spent at the, uh, the slot machines than any other you know, you, you think the blackjack tables where the, you know, a big chunk right. of the money's made, right. It's, it's, or made or lost, but it's actually the slot machines, the penny slots or the, you know, the, the, you know, the low money where people are just kind of, you know, pulling the lever, pulling the lever, or just going one one time after another, because that, that adds up. People are,
1: well, they, it's, it's also kind of hypnotic, right? It is. Cause you're just like, you get a rhythm going. <clears throat> That's right. Clink. Yep. Yep. Clink. And Absolutely. It, and those sounds are intentional. Like, what's what's the... Uh, what song <laughs> well, they designed like, the sounds to, to yeah, the make song it... that's money. Yeah. <laughs> it starts out with that sound. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Robert Plant or Palmer? I don't remember who that was. Or, was it... Uh, uh, is it
0: money? Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah okay. But so it starts out with that... Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I mean, it's... So, all that is, like, engineered to be... Hypnotic, keep you well, yeah, and it's enthralled. Absolutely. And it keeps you from leaving your seat.
0: Whereas yeah. trade show booths are the worst because they, they're they not designed at all to keep people in place. You know, people are walking by and if, um, and, and the guy behind, I'm, I feel so bad for some of these people behind the booth because they have no training whatsoever. You yeah. walk by their just, booth and they just stare, they, they like look away or they stare at you and they don't know what to say. And you're looking at their stuff and, and they're like, um, or they do just, the, they do the nod. Like, <laughs> what's up? And they, and the, and the thing that they say typically is just let me know if they have any questions. Right. And it's like, Ugh. oh, that's terrible. <laughs> you're just shaking your head, you know, yeah. inside, but, you know, you're not shaking your head at them because you don't want to make them feel bad, but still yeah. it's, like, can
1: it's, I, can I buy you a copy of the Robert call your letter book <laughs> and you take some one liners from there. That's right. That's right.
0: I mean, even, I mean, even retail sales, you, they can take some lessons from people that are good retail.
1: You know, it may, you know, absolutely. it's, Nordstrom's you know, people, that, or, yeah, Nordstrom's, yeah, for sure. Or Saks or <clears> one of those higher <throat> end or Tiffany's. Yeah. Like, if you, and I'll just throw this in there. Like if you've never been in one of those high end stores, mm-hmm. it's worth it to just go in there to see the difference of what like professional retail people yeah. are compared to like right. minimum wage retail people mm-hmm. are. Absolutely. Like it's a different planet. Well, and they don't ask questions is let me know if I
0: can help you. They don't say no. stuff like that. They, they say, uh, they'll say something like, Oh,
1: what's the occasion? Yeah, exactly. You know, And, and you're like, Oh, nothing really. <laughs> really? Come on. There's gotta be something going on. Right. Right. Well, exactly. I was thinking about a birthday party. That's right. It's like, Oh, yep. You know, those very open ended things that yeah. keep
0: you going and keep the loop going. Yeah, for sure. Yeah and keep the conversation and and that's and that's a good lesson because most of these people aren't aren't, aren't trained and most of the layout and to their credit unfortunately most of the layout of their booths is really bad um yeah you know it's the same stuff they have some stuff
1: to hand out to you um there's either like nowhere to sit and gather right no or they'll have one very tiny table <clears throat> right that the booth person has their lunch on. That's it's, right. There's no room to set anything else down. Like, or they'll have the worst is when they have like a, you know, one of the six foot long tables at the right at the aisle and you can't get yep. around it. That's right. And they're behind, there's, you know, it's like being across the desk from somebody and you can't, that's right. Yeah. Just, but yeah, you got to have design where you bring them in, mm-hmm. you know, three or four cocktail tables, an interactive iPad or something yep. like that would be that's cool. Right. You well, know, I think, all that kind of stuff.
0: yeah, I think any type of interaction, one of the things I noticed, here's some of the takeaways that I had. So uh, one of the areas that I found a lot of people collaborate or, uh, you know, they would bring people into and they would kind of kind of linger for the most yeah. for the longest time was more of an interactive type. It was kind of a testing where they would test like these uh, these composite structures you know, and they would test people and people could bring in these structures. And a lot of these were students from different universities, but it, it, it was interesting. It was, it was kind of that, uh, fascination appeal that people would kind of walk up and they just kind of watch, you know, and they would see, you know, at what pressure that it took to, you know, crush, you know, some of these parts that were made, you know? And so those are kind of interactive type, um, you know, things that kind of are mesmerizing and addictive.
1: I mean, just entertaining, if nothing else. I mean, you're walking around a giant floor. Yeah. People are forcing pins on you. It's like, (laughs) oh, here's something that's actually interesting. Let me stop and look at that for a few minutes.
0: Absolutely. Because by human nature, we love to see disasters. I mean, we, you know, we slow down. Is this going to work out? (laughs) And so, yeah, naturally we want to see a big hammer coming down on a, on a, you know, a part or a composite piece to see it completely destroyed. But that's, you know, something like that is entertaining. And it's like, you've got to be entertaining at the same point, you know, at the same time that you're, uh, you know, selling or educating or, or talking about whatever your product is. And most of these could, could learn a lesson. And that's why I was talking about the book from, you know, the, the secret sauce, he talks about the you know, the hypnotic effect of like we were talking about of, of slot machines where, you know, they first, they, you know, they kind of lure you in. They don't have many, you know, in a, a casino, they try to reduce the amount of 90 degree angles in a casino to where that leads you to those slot machines. Once you get there, they kind of isolate you make it very comfortable. So you don't leave and then they entertain you. Like, I mean, you know, every so often you're going to win some money, right? For the most part, you're going to win some money, but more often. Free drinks. Yeah. Free drinks. Make it so comfortable and that you don't want to leave. Like you said earlier, no clocks, you don't see the time. uh, So you're totally relaxed in that environment. And I think that trade shows are lacking in some of those things where, you know, companies that set up their trade show booths. And I've seen this done really well with some companies, but for the, for For ninety-five percent of companies out there, they're terrible at this. Where they do the same thing over and over. I see companies, some companies out there, they're um, creating like uh, they like companies that were uh, applicate like equipment companies that manufacture their own drink machines. You know, they're they're like you can uh, you know use their you know specialty pumps to like pour some uh, you know drop in a mixed drink or something like that. You know, something creative mm-hmm. like that. Um, yeah. But get people interacting and
1: entertained. And, and for the most part, you'll keep them, you know, keep them engaged for a period of time. But. Or even like if you took a booth, let's say normally you get 10 by 10, you splurge, you go up to a 20 by 20 and you make half of it, like almost like a little mini cafe, like put a nice eight to 10 person. Yep. High rise table. Yep. With power outlets that people can sit there and mm-hmm. do charge their laptop, charge their phone, you know, and like make it a hangout spot like yeah. Starbucks does. Yep. Right. Like, cause if people spend time in there, then they're going to feel obligated to listen to your pitch. Right. You know, it's like. Well, you know, if, you know, from a layout
0: standpoint, I, I was thinking throughout this, this whole trade show, if I were if I were running a booth, I would want it close to, most people want it close to the front where people, early traffic walks in. That's the first booth that you see. But I was thinking, I wouldn't mind having it close to the rear because that's where all the concessions are, right? And And the restrooms. Yeah. The restrooms and concessions were at the rear. So that's where people like, yeah, they come in. And so all of these companies are buying like you know, the booths up closer to where people come in. But naturally over time, people are going to, you know, make their way towards the rear because that's where the yeah. food, beverages, you know, you can go get your cup of coffee. You can go get yourself yeah. lunch, you know, and they're coming in and they, and that's where they have the, all the little tables. You can sit and get some work done. I'd want to be over there. I would want to be right next to there. So you can be, you know. Yeah. Imagine right if you had,
1: you know, an 80 inch TV Yep, with your loop on it mm-hmm. yeah. facing all those tables, you know, and the concession people are just sitting there eating lunch. Right. They got nothing else to look at, yep. you know, maybe their phone obviously, but mm-hmm. you got this giant screen and it's really Absolutely. well done on a loop. Yep. I mean, that kind of stuff is, you know, and, and then maybe you sponsor, if you got, if you got that, maybe you see the trade show. If you can sponsor a little, you yep. know, a little tent on each table. Yep. Absolutely. It has, you know, cause we all like to like, read the cereal boxes when we're eating breakfast, right? right? It's like, if there's something on the table, you typically read it, right? you know? So, yeah, just thinking a little bit more creatively and, um, you know, there's, I I was telling you, like, I think there's a whole business opportunity here for people, a lot of people listening to this podcast, Mm -hmm. that you could consult with companies on how to do trade shows better, even if you've never been to a trade show. Because yeah. if you listen to the show, you're the type of person who sees marketing everywhere. Absolutely. And there's there's an opportunity to to talk to larger companies about trade shows and those yeah. budgets are just oh, I know. massive. It's crazy. And you if know. you could show them how not and we haven't even talked about like pre event marketing, you know, post event marketing, mm-hmm. you know, capturing names during the, the event. Right. Like that's a whole art and science into itself. Right. Um, that most companies, even these Fortune 50 and Fortune 100 companies, aren't doing. Right. Absolutely. They're not They're not doing a good job capturing names. They're certainly not mm. following up. They think their sales team is, but they're not. They're not. I they're mean, not. Just, uh, they're not because you have to
0: have contact information. And, and typically that's how, you know, you, you scan, you know, p- most people have a badge. And here's an example yeah. of my badge, yeah. you know, with a QR code. And so yep. they'll scan that, but no one was doing that at the show. You know, people are kind of burnt. I guess, I don't know. People are burned out from that, but most of their and people- have had three
1: years off. I don't know why they're burned out.
0: <laughs> I don't get it. They weren't doing it. So they weren't capturing yeah. names at all, but they were handing you information. And trust me, I come away with a lot of, you know, information that I stuff into my satchel that yeah. sits on a desk or sits in a corner for maybe a week or so. And sometimes probably, and and then it eventually goes in the trash. So it's a waste of time, you know, Uh, eventually, you know, if you're not following up, if you're not capturing those names, um, you know, you're, you're, you're wasting your time. Here's another thing I noticed, um, that I thought was really good. Um, and this is more, not so much in capturing, you know, your information as a, as a prospect, but from a branding standpoint, I thought this was pretty good. So there's one company out there that paid, you know, on the, um, on the band, you know, on your little name lanyard. tag, you know, and people do this yeah, on your lanyard to get their name and everyone's wearing this. So you've yeah. got maybe, you know, 8,000 people at a trade show. They're all wearing these things, mm-hmm. these, uh, these, these, these tags, these lanyards and some company put the money out. And it's a big it's a big company in the industry, so they ponied up the money to make sure that their name is on the the lanyard, right? So everybody yeah. that's wearing this has their their company's logo. So everybody's been walking around, and I thought that was interesting. You know, I was just sitting there thinking, you know, everybody's walking around advertising this company. You know, everywhere yeah. they go, they're seeing it. So, you know, I think I you know. It's kind of like the billboard advertising, but I think it's good because you're actually, you know, that's one area of branding. I thought, you know, the money is well spent. If you can put yourself on somebody else and they're walking around talking to other people subconsciously, they've got their name on everybody. You know, yeah, It's at
1: least familiar when you go see it again. Exactly. But my guess is that that... Anytime you do a sponsorship of any kind at a trade show, yeah, you're going to get the list of all the attendees. Absolutely. That's yep. part of the sponsorship package. Right. So they don't have to worry about collecting the names because if they're a major sponsor, yeah, the event organizer is probably sending them the list of names. Now what they do with them after that, who knows? knows? It'll be interesting yeah. to see if you ever get an email or anything from them. Right. I can almost guarantee you I won't. I know. <laughs> probably will not. Just sad. Yeah,
0: it, it is. It really is, but um, but anyway, that's that's a little. In, it's it's interesting to see how things never change, but also reading that, you know, there are the companies out there, casinos, who really are in the business of making money on a regular basis. I mean, that's
1: you know, yeah, they bring you in. Well, it just and shows they, the opportunity. Like, yeah. here is people spending millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. I mean, even given company, 50, you know. Tens to hundreds of thousands. Yep. And there's an opportunity for anybody with a little bit of marketing knowledge and savvy and to go in there and, you know, double or triple, you know, the results of those shows, if not more, because they're probably not getting much of anything right now. Yeah. I mean, most of what they, they probably think they're getting an ROI because it's probably people that are already in the pipeline come to the show meet somebody and then they, they close a the deal, but they don't really know most of yeah, them. Right. They're not tracking right. ROI from their trade show. Right. If they would, they, if they were, they wouldn't be doing trade shows anymore. Yep, That's true. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's, it really is kind of a branding event for a lot of them. Yep. Um, so yeah, if you know anything about marketing and, you know, you know, offline funnels basically, which is, you know, take an online funnel and just figure out how to do it offline. And you could do a hybrid, right? You have capture devices and iPad to capture, sure, you know, their names and stuff mm-hmm. and then automate the sequence from there. There's plenty of things you could do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and there's thousands of these trade shows every year yeah. across the country. I mean, it's what keeps the hotel industry going for yep. the most part. So I did notice a couple of them using... A, a
0: little variance of this we're using, you know, the little, uh, it's like the wheel of fortune where you, you know, spin the wheel yeah. to see what yeah. you win. So it's kind of like that.
1: <laughs> you get a pen or a squeeze ball. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, you got a little more than that. They would give you okay. a little prize. Um, but that's, you know, that's a little bit better, but you know, making yeah. it interactive and, and attracting, I saw probably two booths that would do, you know, something like that. And, uh, Interesting yeah, enough, I see a lot of the hotels when I stay out, like Marriott, they're doing like the the little wheel now that you spin the wheel to see if you win points or, you know, extra uh, points or whatever, you know, however many yeah. extra points or, you know, a beverage or whatever at their
1: <clears throat> at their lounge. So oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. So I, mean, I love the demo idea. That's, uh, that's obviously a really strong mm-hmm. idea. Yep. Um, if you can get somebody involved, they need to hire like, you know, these, the street vendor type people that, you know, do the demonstrations on street corners or at Walmarts or yeah. whatever, the ShamWow type <laughs> demos yeah. or the Miracle Mops or whatever. Like that's the people they need man in their booths.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know That's right. Um, but no, yeah. not going to do it probably for a while. So yeah, might have to go look for some clients out there. <laughs>
0: Right, last well, take any- la- the last takeaway I would say is here's a thing that uh, you know it's always amazing to me when I go to these some of these trade shows especially these industry specifics a lot of them know about my podcast so you know you walk up to people that you've never met before and then you wear like, a
1: t-shirt or anything like that with the podcast on it
0: uh you know I went with a it was more of a bl- just like a black shirt no yep. logos or anything. I was wearing some really standout uh light blue pants. You know, it was like <laughs> University of North Carolina baby blue, man. <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah, I mean, we were in North Carolina, so I was gotta, yeah. I gotta wear the I've gotta wear the baby blues. But uh yeah. no, I was kind of like uh very casual, but I did stand out a little from everybody else. I didn't want to dress up, you know, I didn't want to look like the you know typical trade show. Uh, and- wearing the khaki pants and the, <laughs> the polo shirt or the button up yeah. shirt or a uh, sports coat or whatever. Uh, nope. I wanted to go a little bit different. And so I think I accomplished that. And, um, but you know, you know, I've got my composites weekly cause that's what showed up on my name tag. And so I'm walking around and they're like, Oh, I know your show. You know, it's like, cool. You know? So you're kind of like, it's always fun to go to these events. Cause you're like a mini, you're kind of a mini celebrity in your, yeah. uh, in your industry. So yeah. they know all about you. And, and, and this was kind of like, not the biggest, the big, the biggest show in our industry is coming up in, uh, you know, October that's out in California. And that's where, you know, the industry will set me up in this huge, like upstairs in a media room that's right above the, uh, exhibit trade show. And, uh, you know, I'll just bring people up to the, um, the media room, you know, interesting enough, people are really comfortable. A lot of these companies are really comfortable coming up to your, they don't want to be interviewed at their booth, at their location, because it puts them on, uh, they're kind of in a defensive mode. They're a little, yeah. you know, they don't like, they don't like that. It puts them in an uncomfortable situation, but you invite them up to a media room where you sit down, you got chairs and you got a microphone in front of them they'll, they'll do that every day. So yeah, I've got that. That's interesting. Yeah. I know. I always find that fascinating because it's like they're caught off guard if they're at their, uh, if you, you know, ask for a quick interview at their booth, most of the people don't want to do that. Some of them will agree to, but most of them don't want to do that. But if you invite them up to your area, like in a media room or set up a separate location, they're like, yeah, I'll do that. You know, what time? So, um, so anyway, I'm doing that later you know, as a strictly media only in October, but this one, it was more or less just walking the trade shows and talking to people. And I was like, I was like, I found it really interesting. Just some of the takeaways, just people, lack of, uh, marketing and lack of awareness when it comes to, um, (laughs) you know, what they need to be doing to get, Get customers every day. I mean, it's, it's just bad. People walking nah. by their booths every day. I just, I you know, you just take notice of these things and uh, you really feel bad, you know, for a lot and of people. it's
1: hard to tell them they're wrong because these are like multi-million dollar yeah, corporations. Yeah, of course, of course. You know? and,
0: they'll, and they'll say, they'll chalk it up, you know, they'll come away and they'll have maybe a couple of leads and they're like, eh, you yeah, you know, this is part of the, you know, our budget every, every year, this is what we do, you know? yeah. And it's like, no one questions like, you know we, you know what your return on that is a lot of times it's yep. just this is what we need to be doing we need to be yep. out there exposing ourselves to you know this industry but yeah so
1: all right well good stuff man uh, last of- question for the for Friday Yeah, so, that's right you want to see top gun this weekend i love i want to see it so rachel
0: and i were going to watch the original we're planning to watch the original tonight Okay. You know, because we just, she was, she's like, yeah, I, I want to go back and watch the original before yeah. I watched the, uh, you know, Maverick. Yeah. Though it's 40 years old.
1: I know. It's crazy. <laughs> I remember driving my Escort GT. Yeah. a cassette. <laughs> nice. And a cassette, you know, you know, blasting Danger Zone, driving down the road. That song is in the new movie, too. Yeah. Oh, is it? Danger Zone. Yeah. Oh, man. I brought it back. Because it's so synonymous with that movie. <clears throat> oh, of course. That they they actually brought it back for oh, the movie. So you've so. already seen it? No, oh, I was, uh, I've just read I was up saying, on. Okay. And they interviewed Kenny Loggins on CBS Sunday Morning last week. Oh, Okay. So, because um, they're doing a you know,
0: Danger Zone out there, the volleyball scene, you know, playing with yeah. the boys. I mean, I, you know, all those scenes. Yeah, I'm sure he's on a motorcycle
1: yep. again some yep. at some point.
0: I read an article that Tom Cruise has been pitched for the last 30 years to do a sequel for top gun and he's turned it down every time and he turned it down because the story wasn't right. So finally he got somebody that pitched him on the right way to do the sequel to top gun. And he said, it was interesting in the in in the uh, story, he said, uh, the director or the producer that pitched him on doing the sequel laid out the story for him. He said he picked up his phone called i guess is it i don't know if it's universal or whoever yeah. is responsible for it he said we're doing a sequel <laughs> that's all it took <laughs> yeah well, he's pretty bankable so <laughs> yeah that's just right. ready then
1: that's all you really need <laughs> that's but. right that's all you need when he says green light that's it yeah yeah we'll probably i don't know i may wait till like next week yeah. go to a weekday show or something mm-hmm. next week um uh, probably crazy this weekend um, I but, think it will be. It's pretty popular right now. I mean, it's definitely gonna be a Gen X yep. turnout, you okay. know, type sure. thing. So, uh, I saw an article. is like this is the first like dad movie that's been out in a long time. <laughs> that's that's uh, yes, that's not a superhero movie. Yeah, yeah, I know. And there just haven't been that many good, just like action movie type things. No, in, no, in a while. A re- I mean, really, we went to. I took my kids to see
0: Doctor Strange last week, and it was. There's another Marvel movie. It was okay.
1: Yeah, I've heard mixed um, reviews for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's it's okay, um, not the greatest. Well, let's uh, high hopes for Top Gun That's Maverick, right. and uh, we'll 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 talk about that next week, maybe, and see if we can pull some lessons out of that too. I'm sure there's a ton of good
0: marketing lessons from Top Gun Maverick. Did if your beer nothing get any better?
1: Uh, huh? Did your beer get any better, or oh, did it just get worse as it got warmer? Fantastic! <laughs> fantastic!
0: It's fantastic. But I'm gonna, I am gonna save one out, revisit this at a cooler temperature. Cause i think okay. it's going to get close to a five I all really right do. it's good Very good it's good all right well i'll let you take us out all right well to all of our listeners thank you for uh being a part of the show and uh, you can find us over persuasion by you can find us on all of our podcast platforms stitcher radio iheart you can visit us over at persuasion by the pint in our facebook group And um, leave us a message over at persuasionbythepaint at gmail.com. If you have questions, we'd love to hear from you. John, it's been fun, man. Looking forward to uh, seeing you guys next week. See ya.